worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and the excuse me, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. Reading that verse again, verse 22. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. 
Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Verses 1 through 31, all of Genesis chapter 1. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the glorious and the powerful and the wonderful chapter that we find in Genesis chapter 1. Thank you for this powerful and glorious story of how you created the heavens and the earth, how you created the world and all that's in it. And Lord, thank you for the truth and the wonderful fact that you are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. You're king of, you are King of kings and our Lord of lords. You are God Almighty. Thank you, Father, for being our loving Heavenly Father and for being love as well. Father, more and more with every passing day, help us to fall more in love with you and with your word and help us to grow an understanding of the, the wonderful and the powerful and the special place your word needs to and should have in our lives, and more and more help us to be wise enough to put your word in that special place. Help us to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds daily with your word, and thus the power that comes with your word. And help us to be wise enough to draw on the wonderful benefits and blessings of being diligent students of your word who hear your word and obey your word as well. We thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and we do appreciate you being a part of our listening family. We want to continue to remind you that for any, with any and all the articles that we share on any given broadcast, we're glad to share them. We want to share them. We're encouraging you to email us to get them because they're meant to be tools to help you to become a more effective servant of the Lord in the areas of evangelism and discipleship. We encourage you to use them for your personal growth in the Lord, to use them as discipleship tools with you and your family. But also we're encouraging them to encouraging you to forward them uh, in email form to family, friends, loved ones, saved and unsaved individuals, fellow workers on the job, uh, fellow church members. Again, many times an article can be a seed in the life of someone to encourage them in their walk with the Lord, to encourage them to consider committing their heart and their life to the Lord, to encourage them in their prayer life, encourage them in so many ways. And keep in mind the reality is it's easy to send an email. It's easy to forward an email, an article that will potentially be life-changing as the Holy Spirit ministers the wisdom and the grace through the article in the heart and the mind of the person receiving it. So keep in mind, don't think of this as um, a simple, not very significant thing. Remember, it's helping us to carry out the Great Commission that the Lord calls us to carry out in Matthew chapter 22, excuse me, chapter 28, 
We're to go on into all the world and make disciples. And of course, as you send a, a Christian education or a spiritual growth resource a article to someone, you might send them send it to someone down this who lives down the street from you, who lives across town. You might send it to someone in another state. You might send it to someone in another country on the other side of the world. But by the grace of God, the Internet is a wonderful tool for helping to spread the gospel and to help make disciples. We hope that you will make the most of this opportunity. So today we're looking specifically at the topic, the Bible, the autobiography, excuse me, the Bible, the autobiography of God. And as we look at this topic, We'll be sharing an article uh, by the title, The Bible Autobiography of God. But keep in mind also, too, the Bible very much is just that. Remember, from Genesis to Revelation, uh, the Bible is a book by God about God. And it's powerful to note and to consider that as well. So, But before we get to the article, I'm, I'm going sh- to share with you briefly uh, the very last chapter in the Word of God, in the book of Revelation. Now, now keep, keep in mind... Keep in mind a very important truth to be mindful for us all to be mindful of is is this very important truth in the Word of God. Remember, it's, it's all a book by God and about God as well. But keep in mind, it's all inspired by God. God used uh, human secretaries to write, but it's all inspired by God. It's a book by God. So you might say, well, did God write the book or did Paul write the book? Well, in a sense, you can say they both did, but it was all inspired by God. It's really God's book. So we're going to take time now to read Revelation chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And his servants shall shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be uh, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor the light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. 
and behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to, give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I'm the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. All of Revelation chapter 22. Father, thank you again for the wonderful gift of your word. Thank you for the privilege you give us of being able to open your word every day and spend significant time with you one-on-one as you speak words of life, words of blessing, words full of grace, words full of power, anointing, joy, peace, and life. Father, more and more, help us to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds with your word every day and help us to be wise enough to teach and train our children to fill their hearts and their minds with your word every day and to walk in its power, its wisdom, its grace, its peace, and its joy every day. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as today we're looking at the topic, the Bible, the autobiography of God. We'll be right back. i 
the music of Lincoln Brewster, with more than amazing. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Again, with today we're looking at the topic, the Bible, the autobiography of God. And, you know, amongst other things, one of the things that on a pretty regular basis we encourage you to do uh, here on this broadcast is we encourage you to set a goal of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day. And if, you ask, if you're wondering, why is that so important? Why do you say that so much? Well, the reality is in all of life, one of the most fruitful and important habits we have is that of opening the Word of God every day and spending time one-on-one with your Heavenly Father. When you're reading the Word of God, you're not just reading words. You're spending time in the presence of your Heavenly Father. He's ministering to you, blessing and encouraging you. So again, our encouragement is if you haven't started the habit of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day, today is a great day to start that habit. And to every parent, if you don't already have the habit of having each of your children to read three chapters out loud to you, I would encourage you to start that habit today as well. And again, remember, having them to read out loud to you is so important because, again, you know it did take place. And the fact is the child can diligently do it. So having them to read to you, again, I would emphasize is a very, very wise thing for you as a parent to do. At this time, I'm going to take time to share an article that we've written that's on the AFA stand. Again, AFA.net is how you find the AFA stand. And this article is entitled, The Bible, Autobiography of God. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Again, Genesis 1, 1 and 2. Then the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Again, John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And then Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Again, Psalm 119, verse 105. The Bible is the book of all books. It's the only book in the world authored by God. He used around 40 or so secretaries or scribes to write it, but it is his book. The Bible is many things. Amongst other things, the Bible is an autobiography. It's a book by God about himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everything in God's Word points to him. From Genesis to Revelation, it all points the world to him, the God who is love the God who is almighty, the creator of the universe, the God who is king of kings and lord of lords. God's word is the best-selling book in the world by far, and it is the best-selling book every year, and it's the most read book in all of the world. It seems that the one book in the world authored by the creator of the universe, a book by him about him, should be the best-seller in the world. How is the Bible an autobiography? Consider the following truths. Number one, God is the Father, Jehovah. He's the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Number two, the Lord Jesus Christ is the Word of God, John chapter 1, verse 1. Every word in the Word of God is Jesus. 
And Jesus is found in every word. And number three, you find Christ in every book of the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, Christ is in every book. Each book is the mind of Christ, the counsel of Christ, the wisdom of Christ, and the heart of Christ. So the whole Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus and God the Father are one. John chapter 10, verse 30. Consider the following. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. God introduces himself in Genesis. Genesis has 50 chapters. It contains four key events, the creation, the fall, the flood, and the scattering of nations. It also tells about four key characters in the book of Genesis, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Early in Genesis, we learn that God causes people to trust him and to live by faith in him and in his word. This message continues throughout the rest of the Bible in the other 66 books, excuse me, the other 65 books, the just shall live by faith. When men and women trust and obey God, they're blessed as a result. When they disobey him and choose not to trust him, they always lose. What then is faith? Faith is trusting and believing God and his word. And from Genesis to Revelation, God rewards those who trust him him and his word, and he judges those who choose not to trust him. So the Bible is truly the autobiography of God. Even we come to know God, his wisdom, and his ways, and his character. Well, wise people come to know Christ and will become diligent, faithful students of his word. Today is a good day to start on the journey into his word. That is the journey to get to know your God, your heavenly Father, through simply reading his word. And if you'd like to know Jesus Christ personally, would like to invite him into your heart, you can pray this or a similar prayer in order to make that step. And so at this point, if you're listening and you want to make that step, we simply invite you to pray this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I recognize that I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. I confess I've sinned in many ways. Forgive me, Lord, of all the wrong things I've done. I do believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I believe that three days later you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough to die for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Become my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. You said in your word that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord Jesus, save me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. And I now confess I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Eleven excellent reasons to read the Word of God every day. Number one, it tells you how to be genuinely saved and how to grow up in your faith. John 3, 16, Psalm 119, verse 105, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and Philippians 4, 6 and 7. A second reason as to why we're wise to read the Word of God every day, it gives you clear guidance and direction for your life. Psalm 119, verse 105. Number three, it empowers your prayer life. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. A fourth reason to read God's Word daily, it sharpens your ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit more and more clearly in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. Number five, it ministers to your mind, body, and spirit. Proverbs Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 22. A sixth reason to read the Word daily, 
It helps you maintain your mental health. Proverbs chapter 4. Number 7. It increases the anointing of God in every area of your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5. Number 8. It increases your wisdom in every area of life. Proverbs chapters 1 through 4. A ninth reason to read God's Word daily is because it enhances your intellect and your personality. It can literally increase your IQ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. A tenth reason to read God's Word daily, it pours grace, peace, and joy into your spirit, your mind, and your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. 1 Timothy 1, verse 2. And 2 Timothy 1, verse 2. And then the final one listed... An eleventh reason as to why you are wise to read God's Word daily. In direct statement or in principle, God's Word gives you guidance and or direction about every issue or topic in life. Psalm 118, verse 10. Again, the title of that article was The Bible, Autobiography of God. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Now, keep in mind, again, our sharing the articles, again, our encouragement is that you definitely email us and get a copy of it so you can hang on to it for your own personal reference to read over again, to meditate on the scriptures found in it, to to really think about the insights found there. If you want to draw close to God, the Word of God tells us, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. And one of the great ways to draw nearer and closer to our Heavenly Father is spend much time in His Word every single day. If you're one who decides that three chapters a day is just as enough is just not enough for you, and you want to read at least four chapters or five chapters, wonderful. You can't get too much word. It will only bless you more and more. Remember, the Bible is kind of like a bottle of grace, and it's as if every day God's question to you is, How much do you want? So keep in mind. Again, one of the most fruitful and blessed habits in all of life is the habit of spending much time, significant time in God's Word every single day. And keep in mind, if you decide that instead of reading three different chapters, you want to read the same chapter three times over, wonderful. Remember, when you're digging into God's Word in any single passage or uh, chapter or portion of Scripture, the reality is you can go over it and over it and over it and read and meditate on it more and more, you will never get to the bottom of it. Why? Because God's Word is a never-ending treasure to be dug out. So time in the Word every day is so, so important. So we hope that you will take that time daily to get into God's single Word. I want to take time now to share another article. And again, if we don't happen to finish it, On this side of the break, we can pick up on the other side. But this article is entitled, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword. Again, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and is discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Again, Hebrews 4, verse 12. Then Ephesians 6, verses 17 through 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Again, Ephesians 6, 17 through 18. Then 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 50 through 51. 
So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Again, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 50 through 51. Every disciple of Jesus Christ would be wise to strive to become a kingdom warrior. A kingdom warrior is a disciple of Christ who skillfully puts the word of God, the sword of the spirit, to work every day in their lives. We live in a world where all people everywhere are facing intense spiritual warfare every day of their lives. We face it at home, at school, at work, in public, everywhere. We see it in the news about our government, in our culture, and all across the world. What if people say they don't want to be involved in spiritual warfare? And what if a given person says they don't want to have anything to do with spiritual warfare? None of us have a choice in the matter. Like civilians who happen to live in a war-torn land, war has come to us, like it or not. Since we have no choice but to face spiritual warfare in our lives, let's face it head on. Let's be wise, wise enough to face it that way, head on. We can live like civilians and just become victims of the killing, abuse, problems, and difficulties of war. Or we can choose to become well-equipped soldiers and warriors who are trained for spiritual warfare. Hopefully, all believers want to become warriors in God's kingdom. With God as the supreme authority, who, who wouldn't want to follow him into battle? The most powerful weapon in the world and in the universe is the Word of God. And here are seven ways we can put the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, to work in our lives and in our world every single day. And as we do, we can become mighty men and women of God who know how to win battles in life. Seven ways to use the Word of God every day. Number one, you can read it, hear it, believe it, speak it, obey it, pray it, and meditate on it. All of these are related, but none of them are quite the same. You can read the Word of God, but not hear it. You can hear the Word of God, but not obey it. You can believe the Word of God, but not pray it. Consider the following. The written Word of God is a book of faith. From Genesis to Revelation, we are called to hear, believe, and obey the Word. If we hear the Word of God, but don't obey it, we deceive ourselves, as James 1, verse 22 tells us. We'll pick up on the other side again. This article is entitled, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Our topic today is, again, the Bible, the autobiography of God. We'll be right back. Our Father, which art in heaven, yeah, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be
listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, the Bible, the autobiography of God, and a clear encouragement for us that on an ongoing basis that we try to encourage you in as a believer is being a diligent student of God's Word, a believer who's faithful to spend significant time reading and meditating on God's Word absolutely every day. Again, often we will encourage you to set a goal of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every day. But keep in mind, remember, it's a wise thing to decide that that's not enough and you want to go beyond that and do four chapters, five or more, or ten chapters. The fact is you can't get too much of God's Word because it'll bless, encourage, and strengthen you in your walk with God. It'll minister to your mind, body, and spirit in a way that no one else or nothing else can. So I hope that you'll consider that. We're sharing an article by the title, A Skilled Warrior and His Sword, and we were doing that on the other side of the break, picking up once again in the article, sharing seven ways to use the Word of God every day. Number one, you can read it. Two, hear it. Three, believe it. Four, speak it. Five, obey it. Six, pray it. And seven, meditate on it. So read it, hear it, believe it, speak it. Obey it, pray it, and meditate on it. All of these are related, but none of them are quite the same thing. You can read the Word of God, but not hear the Word of God. You can hear the Word of God, but not choose to obey it. You can believe the Word of God, but not pray it. Consider the following. The written Word of God is a book of faith. From Genesis to Revelation, we're called to hear, believe, and obey the Word. If we hear the Word of God, but don't obey it, we deceive ourselves, as James chapter 1, verse 22 points out. The Word of God is a book of truth, yet truth is always meant to be learned and applied. We're not, we are to read the Word of God and act like it's true because, of course, it is. We will not receive the blessing and the benefits of the Word of God when we fail to obey it and act on it. So an example of very fruitful ways to put God's Word to work in our lives daily is by praying it. Here's an example of taking the Word of God and praying it. Praying Psalm 91, a prayer for protection. Father, we thank you for all those we've lifted up today, and we thank you for every believer listening at this time. Lord, today we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and so we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Today we say of the Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress. Our God, in you do we trust. Surely you deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You cover us with your feathers and under your wings do we trust. Your truth is our shield and buckler. So we are not afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that stalks and that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Only with my eyes, only with our eyes do we look and see the reward of the wicked because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the most high, our dwelling place. No evil will befall us, nor does any plague come near our dwelling. 
For you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. They bear us up in their hands lest we dash a foot against a stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. We trample underfoot because we have set our love upon you. Therefore you deliver us. You set us on high because we have known your name. We call upon you and you answer us. You're with us in trouble. You deliver us and honor us with long life. You satisfy us and show us your salvation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We are called to be mighty warriors in the army of God. Our main weapon is the word of God, also known as the sword of the spirit. As Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20 let us know. Let's be wise enough to take our sword, the powerful word of God, into battle every single day of our lives. And let's be wise enough to use the word strategically, skillfully, and aggressively. This is how we can walk in victory every single day. Again, the title of this article is A Skilled Warrior and His Sword. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please get the article, use it for yourself, use it for discipling your own family, but also share it far and wide as the Lord leads you to as well, with those that he puts on your heart to share it with too. I want you to keep in mind too, as we mentioned, you know, the Bible, as we look at it as being just exactly, it's, it's many things, but amongst other things, the Bible is the autobiography of God. And another way that really points out clearly and powerfully that it's just that, an autobiography, is the fact that Christ, our Lord and Savior, is in every book of the Bible. Uh, And I want to kind of take a few moments to share how that's true. Christ, he's the central theme of the Word of God. Every book in the Bible reveals something more about our glorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This, the following is a brief summary. In Genesis, the Lord Jesus, he's our creator. He's the seed of the woman. He's the ark of salvation. In Exodus, Christ is the Passover, our Passover lamb. He's our deliverer. He's our high priest. In Leviticus, the Lord Jesus is our high priest. He's our sacrifice. He's the way of approach to God. In the book of Numbers, the Lord Jesus, he's the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. He's our tabernacle. He's the smitten rock. He's the star out of Jacob. In Deuteronomy, the Lord Jesus, he's the prophet like Moses. He's the lawgiver. In the book of Joshua, the Lord Jesus, he's the captain of our salvation, and he's our victorious leader. In Judges, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's our judge and lawgiver and deliverer. In the book of Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer, our lover and protector. In the book of 1 Samuel, the Lord Jesus, he's the anointed prophet and priest. He's the true claimant to the scepter of Judah. He's the throne of David and the everlasting kingdom. In 2 Samuel, the Lord Jesus is the son of David and he's greater than David as well. In 1 Kings, he's the only perfect king. He's greater than Solomon. He's the builder of God's temple. In 2 Kings, the Lord Jesus, he's our perfect king. He's the man of God. He's the word of God. In 1 Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In 2 Chronicles, he's our perfect king. He's our priest and prophet. In Ezra, the Lord Jesus is the faithful scribe. He's a faithful scribe. He's the builder and restorer of the church. In Nehemiah, the Lord Jesus, he's the rebuilder of the broken walls. He's the governor of the church. He's the restorer and protector. In the book of Esther, he's our Mordecai and he's our advocate. In the book of Job, he's our ever-living redeemer. In the book of Psalms, he's our shepherd. He's our all in all. He's beloved of God. He's our rock. He's our fortress. In Proverbs, he's the wisdom of God. 
In Ecclesiastes, the Lord Jesus, he's the wisdom of God. He's the preacher. He's the son of David. He's the king of Jerusalem. In the book, The Song of Solomon, he's the perfect lover and bridegroom. He's the king of peace. In Isaiah, he's the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, the Prince of Peace. He's our salvation. He's our righteousness, our comfort, and our judge. In Jeremiah, the Lord Jesus, he's the righteous branch. He's the Lord, our righteousness. In Lamentations, the Lord Jesus, he's the man of sorrows. He's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the four-faced man. He's the son of man sent to rebellious Israel. In the book of Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. He's the smitten stone that fills the earth. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. In Hosea, he is our patient bridegroom. He's the healer of the backslider. In the book of Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Spirit, the deliverer, the judge. In the book of Amos, he's our burden bearer. Our burden bearer. He's the heavenly bridegroom and he's our judge. In Obadiah, the Lord Jesus is our savior, our judge. He's the executor of divine retribution. In the book of Jonah, he's the foreign mission. He's our foreign missionary. He's one greater than Jonah. In the book of Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. He's the rejected king. In the book of Nahum, he's the avenger, the stronghold in the day of trouble. He's the prophet of comfort and vengeance. In the book of Habakkuk, he's the God of my salvation, the judge of Babylon. He's the rewarder of those who seek him. In the book of Zephaniah, the Lord Jesus is the Lord mighty to save, the executor of judgment. In the book of Haggai, the Lord Jesus, he's the prophet. He's our priest and king. He's the builder of the house of the Lord. In the book of Zechariah, he's our righteous branch. He's Yahweh's servant. He's the smitten shepherd. He's king and priest. In the book of Malachi, the Lord Jesus, he's the son of righteousness. He's the messenger of the new covenant, the refiner, the purifier of his people. In the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord Jesus, he's the son of David, the head of the church, and the Savior. In Mark, he's the suffering servant of Yahweh. He's our mighty king. In Luke, he's the son of man, sympathetic high priest and our Savior. In the book of John, he's the son of God and the one who brings eternal life. He's the Lamb of God. In Acts, he's one sitting at the right hand of God, and he's the prince of the kings of the earth. In Romans, he's the Lord, our righteousness, our justifier, our redeemer, our savior. In 1 Corinthians, he's the foundation of the church, unifier, great sacrifice, resurrected one, coming Lord. In 2 Corinthians, the Lord Jesus is the son of God, the one who anoints, and he's the reconciler. In the book of Galatians, the Lord Jesus, he's our great redeemer. He's the seed of Abraham. He's our liberator. In the book of Ephesians, he's our heavenly king. He's our reconciler. He's the head of the body of Christ, the giver of ministry gifts. In the book of Philippians, the Lord Jesus is the source of the fruits of righteousness. He's one equal with God who humbled himself, and he's the coming one. In the book of Colossians, he's our preeminent one, our redeemer in the image of God. In 1 Thessalonians, the Lord Jesus, he's our risen Lord, and he's our coming king. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, he's our coming king. He's our great judge. He's the faithful one. In 1 Timothy, the Lord Jesus, he's the enabler who ministers He's the mediator, our mediator. He's the God and he's God in the flesh. He's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In 2 Timothy, he's the victor over death. He's the resurrected seed of David. In Titus, he's the one who appoints the leaders in the church. 
and the coming Savior. In Philemon, he's the controller of the destiny of his servants. In the book of Hebrews, he's the son and image of God. He's captain and author of our salvation. He's the apostle and high priest. In the book of James, he's the unchangeable father. He's the wisdom of God. He's the husbandman. He's the coming Lord. In 1 Peter, he's one who was resurrected and the chief cornerstone. In 2 Peter, he's our savior, the coming one, and our deliverer. In 1 John, he's the word of God, our advocate, our propitiator, and our Messiah. In 2 John, he's the son of God. He's God come in the flesh. In 3 John, he's truth. He's one who is God. In Jude, he's the preserver, the coming judge, and the merciful one. In the book of Revelation, he's the coming one. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the Son of Man, the great judge, the Lion of Judah, the conquering one, the Lamb of God, the bridegroom, the faithful, true, and he's the Word of God. He's our Lord and Savior. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening uh, today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a great day to be saved. If you'd like to invite him into your life to be your Lord and Savior, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins and all the wrong things I've done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. Help me to pray daily. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to follow you and obey you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to be in touch with you, to connect with you once again. My email is joseph at AFR.net. Again, that's joseph at AFR.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to be tools that will help you begin to grow and grow up strong and vibrant in your new walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, joseph at AFR.net. Or if you wanted to get copies of any of the articles that we shared with you today, again, simply email us at joseph at AFR.net. Again, the different articles, the Bible, Autobiography of God, and the others as well. Again, same email, joseph at AFR.net. We'd be glad to send them to you again, joseph at AFR.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.